Since we last joined you, an ardent Christian is now the new Speaker of the House. Speaker Mike Johnson is the new House Speaker. Danger. We analyze his worldview and analyze the reaction to his worldview from Jen Pesatin. I mean, Saki. The Peserpent has spoken? (laughs) Has spoken. Mike Pence drops out of the 2024 presidential race, and we have some issues with a 9-to-5 workday to discuss all of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome into a Monday edition of the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you on this Monday, October 30th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Ding. Just down the road at this very moment, former UN ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley just signed her uh, form to be included in the South Carolina primary right down Marion Street. in a couple of weeks. We look forward to having the former ambassador and governor on the show in just a couple of weeks. Candidate conversations? Excited for that. Look at me wow. just dropping that in the bucket, huh? Sneaky, sneaky. Ooh, speaking slip of, that one in there. Speaking of sneaky things that have snuck up on us a week from today, a week from this recording. Wow. We will be in Spartanburg, South Carolina for Stop the Insanity with Chloe Cole. And really quickly, before we get to our news and headlines of the day, if you don't know who Chloe Cole is, take a look. Good idea. Which one are you doing? I don't know yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Take a look. That's right. That's Chloe Cole. She's going to be in Spartanburg with us on Monday, November the 6th, a week from today. The General Assembly event is that night at 7 Mm p.m. at First Baptist North Spartanburg, just off the interstate, not very far from it. Off the frontage road. Off of 26. And so join us at 7 o'clock for a free, that's right, free, F-R-E-E. That spells free. It's a free event. So come out and join us uh, for Stop Stop the Insanity as we kick off our Help Not Harm campaign in South Carolina, as we look to uh, protecting children, protect children yeah. from the harms of uh, mutilation. Speaking of protection from mutilation, it appears that the Republican caucus was set to mutilate our very majority. Uh, Carving like that. it was up. That good? Was that okay? Was that okay? Carving it up like Carving a pumpkin on Halloween. Ooh, we are firing today. Speaker Mike Johnson, though, was elected on first ballot, like a first vote for him. Uh, by the way, I just want to make a point. Everyone's talking about Kevin McCarthy needing 15 votes to become speaker and then four other votes before Mike Johnson. Let it be known that Hakeem Jeffries has lost more speaker elections than any person in United States history. He's lost like 19. The biggest loser. He's, he's, he's lost like 19 Poor votes. Guy. Come I on, mean, man. He's making history with every when, Republican debacle. When are you going to hang it up, Hakeem? Actually, uh, he might be Actually, he down. might be running for president. But Speaker Mike Johnson, you probably don't know him. Republican representative from Louisiana, first elected in 2016. Prior to that, worked in law for many, many years. With the ultra-right? We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. He he did some work with the Alliance Defending Freedom. He was one of the lawyers for Trump's first impeachment, because there were two, um, where he argued that the claims of abuse of power were dumb they were not founded in so law. i got to meet um now speaker johnson back in april of this past year Name um drop. and yeah I, you know uh and got to spend some time with him there in the halls of congress uh sat in the chamber 
of the house with uh, legally or did you totally did you you march in did you he was our escort okay well Um, well well, some people were escorted by capitol police need congressional escort um to do that and he and senator scott bounced off of one another in the chamber it was really awesome was it church or a tour uh yes uh and they we held church in the uh awesome the house chamber a really cool thing uh mike johnson at the end of it uh prayed for tim scott there was this uh pending question being asked of Senator Scott at the time. Whether he was going to have chicken or, or steak? Yes, at the inaugural ball. Yes. Uh, <laughs> when he ran for, when he was elected president. Right, he was, that's he, not And so yeah. uh, Speaker Johnson, uh, then Congressman Johnson, mm-hmm. prayed for Tim Scott. And then, of course, all the pastors that were there prayed over the both of them. It was, it was really encouraging. He is who you see. He is a man of faith, and some people... Um, consider that dangerous. Some people do not like that. Now we don't have the clip. If you haven't watched his speech where he where he uh, won the gavel and then spoke, uh, go go look at that. It's one of the honestly, and I'm not a, trying to be a prisoner of the moment. We're now about a week removed from this. It's one of the best speeches in the last 20 years. Like I'm not joking. Better than Hakeem Jeffries' rapper's delight. Yes, when it outlines who America is. Why we exist and what we exist for and how we came to be here. It's one of the best speeches. Now, Speaker Johnson is is a Christian. He is a Bible-believing Christian. How do I know this? I heard it from his own mouth. Here is what Speaker Mike Johnson said in his first televised interview as Speaker. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well... Go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's that's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so that's, I make no- that's an actual biblical worldview because in the Bible you can find the answer to every problem that you see Encounter, in yeah. the world. Because here's the best part about this: if you believe that the Bible is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, mm-hmm. and the author of that text is God Himself by His Spirit working in the hearts of men across centuries, uh, millennia, yeah. to to pin the words of God to page, then it would only stand to reason that that same scripture that was at one point just the Torah or just the Pentateuch written by Moses, that now, even 2,000 years beyond the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, it still holds meaning. And it's pretty impressive to have a Speaker of the House say, listen, if you want to know what my opinion is on the capital gains tax, go read Exodus. Yeah. If you want to know what my opinion is on how we deal with cultural issues such as abortion or homosexuality in the LGBTQ movement, go read the text. If you want to know my view on taxes, go read the book. So what we have um, is a Speaker now in Speaker Johnson who says, this is my worldview, this is how I see things, and not just see things, this is how I deal with them, how I handle them, how I manage them. Mm -hmm. And that's important because, you know, for far too long we've had people who were, um, they were Christians nominally, in name only. And um, I'm not speaking uh, in reference to any particular person, but you can go back through the annals of American politics and see these people, male and female, who said, I'm a believer. And when it came time to govern as a believer, 
they were nowhere to be found. Or right. they capitulated to evil. Right. Palmetto Family articulates that we do everything from a biblical worldview. Justin, you know, we've said this for years now, that we have this four-part formula. We want you to know what the issues are, what you need to know about them, what the Bible says, and what you can do about them. Right. What the Bible says is extremely important because as you brought up like capital gains tax or, you know, taxes or, you know, if you've listened to David Barton, earthquakes or work, work, we're getting to that, I hear. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these things. The question is, what does the Bible say? And the Bible speaks whether specifically or in broad stroke, broad stroke to every issue, Mm -hmm. you know, the difference between uh, killing, murder, war, all of those things. The Bible speaks to that. If, yeah. yeah. And if you say it doesn't, then you don't have a biblical worldview. But here's the problem. You're not a Christian. Anytime you articulate a biblical worldview, there's a problem because as our friends um, or our the people who um, wanted to shut down the, the Stop the Insanity event with Chloe Cole, it's hateful, it's bigoted, bigoted, violent, violent and dangerous. Mm. Dangerous. Mike Johnson <clears throat> is a danger to society because of his biblical worldview. But he's but but again, he's not a danger to a good virtuous society. He's a danger to a secularist crapshoot that is slowly unwinding itself. Here's if you don't remember who Jen Psaki is, Jen Psaki was the White House press secretary for the first uh, year and a half of the President Biden's administration. Ish, um, she's she w- circling back. She was she was not a peanuts character. Um, Peppermint Patty. She was not. You sure she's not Peppermint Patty? I don't know. As you she said, looks like Peppermint Patty. She, we'll she circle, says Sir a lot, we'll but that's back. Marcy. Yeah. You anyway. Said it. Here's what she has a show called Inside with Jen Psaki, Inside. where you go inside the Beltway Ooh, or in the room where it happened. In the room where it happened. Mm. Uh, and by in the room where it happens, we mean in the room where she crushed up the Tylenol into Joe Biden's pudding to make sure he goes to sleep because Tylenol knocks him out. Here's what Jen Psaki had to say about Speaker Johnson. Apparently, there is still a place in the Republican Party for extreme Christian conservatism, so long as it's paired with a fealty to the former president. So let's take a few minutes to talk about this new speaker. First glance, Mike Johnson does seem fine, fine-ish. Conservative, yes, but he once started a civility caucus with a Democrat. And I mean, if nothing else, he wears a suit and has glasses. How threatening can this guy actually be? He wears glasses. He wears a suit. That's Jen Psaki. Now, I'm not going to play the second half of the clip because I want to read. I think her words say something. She wrote this. The dangers of a wolf in a suit jacket. On Wednesday, the House finally elected a new speaker. After multiple failed attempts, way to take a shot at Hakeem Jeffries, the House GOP picked a relatively unknown guy who cleared a pretty low bar. He wears a suit, seems competent, and once started a civility caucus with Representative Charlie Crist. A conservative, but a pretty non-threatening one. Seems okay, right? Not so much. Most Americans might not be able to pick Mike Johnson out of a lineup. Well, that's because most Americans are ignorant when it comes to their government. But in reality, he's far from benign. Johnson is a true Trump believer. He was an architect in the House of Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election. House of Trump? Like House of Trump? I don't know. And served as one of the former president's impeachment lawyers. He is opposed to any form of abortion access. 
He once supported criminalizing gay sex. You're making me like him more. But it's not just his political ideology that should scare us, Mitch. Johnson is basically a Christian fundamentalist. He believes that America is a Christian nation and that those values should be reflected in our interpretation of the Constitution. His ideas of what America should be are completely out of line with what America actually is. Okay, I have to roll back both in the clip and you reading her words. Yep. She makes a claim Mm -hmm. and supports this notion. Now, I'm going to go on a tangent to come back. Okay. Elbow to ear. Okay. And if you're watching live or if you're watching the video of this, I rolled my eyes at this point. Uh, and if you're listening, I rolled my eyes at this point. Donald Trump, former president of the United States, is not the gatekeeper of Christians in politics. He is not the authority whereby if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and are in publicly held, elected office, a servant of the people. He is not your ruler. He is not your master. Jesus Christ is. But she makes this correlation that Mike Johnson, because he's a believer, automatically wears a red hat. No. Now, if Mike Johnson chooses to wear a red hat, he can do that. He can support Donald Trump and be a believer in Jesus Christ. But I would argue, and I think, I don't, I don't know him well enough, Mike Johnson would say, I believe Jesus Christ and support Donald Trump in that order. There are some that may not do it that way, but I think that's him. Pisaki here and others, because she's not the only one saying it, I'll guarantee it, are saying, listen, because he's lo- he loves Jesus and he's this cr- white Christian fascist, bigoted, national, blah, blah, blah. He's aligned with Trump. Stop. Stop. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you walk lockstep with Donald John Trump. And I'm also saying, for those of you out there who are about to throw stuff at your phone or you know start crying red crocodile tears, you can support Donald Trump and still be a Christian. Yes. You Period. cannot support Donald Trump. You cannot. Listen. Your Christian beliefs are not based on whom you support no, in politics. No, and I, I fear we are in danger of heresy mm-hmm. when we conflate the two. Correct. I would agree with that. And if she even claimed Jesus... Jim Psaki is in danger of heresy as well. She she doesn't claim uh, yeah, Christ. Right. Uh, I want to play one more part of this because she says something here that I think is very important, and then I'm gonna I might go on a bit of a tangent, and then we'll wrap Come up on. the Mike Johnson stuff. Here's here's more from Jen Psaki. You heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview; it is his worldview. In fact, during his first speech in his new job, Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God. Talk about a bit of a humble brag there. So what exactly has God apparently called on Mike Johnson to do? Well, his views on policy are 
essentially what you'd expect from a religious fundamentalist. They're more divisive than they are divine. Prior to his election to Congress in 2016, Johnson spent nearly two decades working for the hard-right conservative legal activist group, the Alliance Defending Freedom. It's a group, by the way, that is so right-wing, it was designated a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The ADF has worked for decades to blur the line between church and state, if not erase it altogether. It's kind of their goal. They've pushed to expand LGBTQ plus discrimination in the name of religious freedom. And they were a big part of the effort to overturn Roe v. Wade. Blurring the line. That should be their new tagline. They've pushed to expand LGBTQ like plus Alan Thicke. discrimination in the name Robin of Robin Thicke. We're freedom. blurring the lines. And they were a big part of the effort to overturn Roe v. Wade. <gasps> Again, you're making me like him more. Now, Jen, I, I just <clears throat> I don't believe I don't believe in violence for violence's sake. And I don't necessarily believe that the Crusades were a great thing. Um, but this country's in desperate need, morally speaking, of a reset. <clears throat> Not a great reset, but a reset. A because, revival? A revival. Because and, and by the way, just for what it's worth, revival is not your church organizing a revival. Revival starts with you. Um, Mike Johnson said that he stood up and said, we are all put in our position right now by God. God has placed us in this place of leadership for this time. That's, that is a basic biblical worldview. It dates back to the book of Esther, when Esther was told that for such a time as this, you've been brought And by the way, did Queen Esther helped save the people, the Jewish people, uh, Queen Hadassah, if you will, helped save the Jewish people from uh, Haman, which I'll get into that later. But Jen mocks this. Understand what's happening here. She's not mocking the man. She's not mocking Mike Johnson. She's not slinging the arrows at Mike Johnson. She's mocking God. Yes. She's mocking his word. And we'll get into what that lies ahead for her soon. I want to go to the book of Daniel. I just actually wrapped up reading Daniel now in Hosea, but I just wrapped up the book of Daniel over the weekend, and it, immediately this thought came to my mind when she started to mock this. Daniel answered and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. He raises up kings. Let me put it this way. Would Jen, because her ideology and her biblical worldview is not set by scripture, it's set by the popular culture, if I were to tell her that God placed Joe Biden in his position, she would agree with that. To an extent. Yeah, she'd also say the American people because we live in a democracy, blah, 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 blah. And, and there is a line, there is a line whereby God will give people what they deserve. I go to um, the first king of Israel. You know, God, God so, set it up yep. so that Israel would be led by him. Judges, um, prophets would be put in place, and Israel would live in a theocracy, ruled by God. Not a bad idea. And <laughs> Israel looks around at all these other nations, countries, tribes, and says, we want that. 
And God says, if you want it, you got it. And he gives him Saul. And not just Saul, David, man after God's own heart. Then we get Solomon. And then the kingdoms divide. Absalom for a second in the yeah, midst there. The kingdoms divide. Immediately. And yeah. welcome to turmoil. Yeah, because and the it, southern and northern kingdoms just don't, none of them ever get right permanently. Right. right. And then they're carried away into captivity. So, and I'm not, because this is where this is where Jim Pasaki and all of them jump on the bandwagon. I'm not arguing for a theocracy. I am. Well. I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. All right. <laughs> what I will say is God will give us yeah. the rulers we need. Ultimately, we will one day live in a theocracy. Oh, yes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I get that. Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> You're right. Maranatha. Yes, yes. Right. Uh, I don't know that our... We we won't have that here. We government. won't have that here. But you can, uh, theocracy hard Mahmoud to hard Ahmadinejad to make, would agree with you. Hard to make hard to make theocracy work in a fallen world. Unless now, of course you have an imam. Now, <clears throat> well, that doesn't work either because it's a false religion. Galatians six seven. Here's my word to Jen. We're getting in trouble today. Whatever. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Be not deceived. God is God not is not mocked for what what oh sorry this is King James for whatsoever <laughs> a man soweth. He, that also shall he, he reap. Um, also, I really like Psalm 1. It's important to remember that uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scorn. Yeah. Right? It's tossed to and fro. There's a progression there. Uh, there's an interesting point to this. The fool has said in his heart, there is, is no, no God. God. Proverbs 1 They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. By the way, I, I don't want to say we're living in the days of Noah. But it feels like it. It feels like it. Don't I'm not defending Mike Johnson. I'm not defending Speaker Johnson at all. I'm defending the God that he serves, that we serve. Because Jen Psaki makes no distinction or makes no qualms with the fact that she does not believe in the true God of the universe. Now... On top of Mike Johnson, a, a conservative Christian coming into prominence, there is a Christian conservative that is moving away from a bit of prominence over the weekend. The sun rises and it sets. To, to every season, turn, turn, turn. Sorry, that's mm -hmm. a 70s song, but based on Scripture, Ecclesiastes. It's for the birds. Here's, here's, um, here's former Vice President Mike Pence earlier this weekend, over the weekend, at the Republican Jewish Coalition meeting. I just couldn't sit this one out. But the Bible tells us that there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And traveling across the country over the past six months, I came here to say it's become clear to me, this is not my time. So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. So that's Mike Pence dropping out of the race. Again, a lot of that has to do with the $50,000 filing fee that comes here in this state of South Carolina. If you don't believe you're going to make a make a dent in the polling, it's kind of ridiculous for you to run. Um, but as we look at Mike Pence's candidacy, I think his candidacy leaves a lot to be desired. I do not believe he had the mandate to run for president. He had to. He had to. Vice president from a very successful president. 
sort of, and he didn't really typify the anti-Trump part of the Republican Party, but he did offer a bit of, listen, um, Mike Pence is a, is a great man. Yeah. He's a good Christian leader. Yeah. And as vice president, he brought the balance. Yeah. He's the reason why a lot of Christian evangelicals even voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. He was the steadying hand. That's it. In that administration. And I'll say this. And and I think America if if America were an age right now, um of course she's 240 some odd years old, mm-hmm. I think she'd be the uh, the petulant child right, right. now. Um Maybe Certainly. maybe maybe the adolescent, um, the tween, maybe 13, 14, somewhere in there, who doesn't really know what he or she, they, them, um, Zay, Zed, Zod, poof, poof, wants. They don't, we don't know. We, America, doesn't, that's really weird because pronoun verb agreement here. <laughs> um, America doesn't know what she wants. Correct. America thinks she knows what she wants. America thinks she needs a bombastic hero. If you spill an ounce of American blood, I'll spill a gallon of Yeah. Beers. What America needs right now, and I'm not saying it's exactly Mike Pence, but it is that steady, calm, stable, strong, strong hand on the wheel. Someone like Mike Johnson. Not the guy who's like, all right, or the gal who... Is is I mean there's a there's a pothole we're gonna swerve this way and then swerve back that way and overcorrect and end up in a ditch or worse careen off a cliff. Uh, I remember something about guardrails back in the day. Um, what we need, America needs, is a hand on the wheel. Maybe two at ten and ten and two or they say they and, say nine, nine and, and three nine and three now. Oh, what they say maybe maybe it's eight and eight and four. I don't know. Or Two just hands one on hand at one. Yeah, just just one and elbow on the uh, window. Arm, arm completely out the window. It's that time of year. Yeah. That's what America needs right now. Correct. America does not need overcorrection, rash decision-making. We're at a crossroads. We need steady leadership. I would encourage you to be researching who you believe brings you that steady leadership. Because, again, everything you do should be from a biblical worldview. Now, there's a clip that has made the rounds uh, thanks to friend of the program lives of TikTok. There's a <laughs> hair on my microphone. Ooh. And uh, got it. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff you don't get anywhere else, ladies and gentlemen. There's a clip going around. I've watched it. He has not. No. This young lady, because this is what our society does now when we don't like something, we put a phone in front of our face and record ourselves talking about it. Are you telling me she's going to complain? She's she's got some qualms with a nine to five workday. Now, I'm going to play the clip for you. You might be surprised as to my reaction. We'll 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 talk about it. Here you go. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college, and I'm in person, and I'm commuting in the city, and it takes me forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now, so that's off the table. Like. Duh! If I was able to walk to work, and it w- it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me, like, I leave here, like, I get on the train at 7.30, and I don't get home till like, 6.15 earliest, and then, like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower, eat my dinner, and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either. Like, I don't have energy to work out. Like, that's out the window. Like, 
I'm so upset. Oh my god. Nothing to do with my job at all, but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy. Being in the office nine to five, like if it was remote, you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine. But like I'm not home. It takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office, like it doesn't you don't get off at five. And I know it could be worse. I know I could be working longer, but like I literally get off, it's pitch black, like, I don't have energy, how do you have friends, like, how do you have time to, like, meet, like, a guy, I don't know, like, how do you have time for, like, dating, like, I don't have time for anything, and I'm, like, so stressed out. I kind of agree with her. Here's the thing, here's why I kind of agree with her. Again, we talked about the biblical worldview. You might be shocked to know that a lot of conservatives disagree with her. I, I kind of see your point. Listen, some of us have jobs where we feel like we're punching the clock and the day drags. I've had jobs in the past where every day, I, before I got to work, I would get a headache and the headache would not leave until I left. Like that, mm-hmm. you've had jobs like that. It's yeah. not fun. And especially when the time changes, we're going to be leaving here sometimes. The sun's going to be going down. Seriously. It's going to be terrible. I kind of like that time of year personally, but I, I And own. I do, I get like... Seasonal effectiveness. I, you I get, get sad. sad. So I, I do. You have to find ways to 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 I make. I really that like it when I'm on a deer stand. Here's but. here's where I agree with her, and here's where I can understand why she's saying this. Okay, it's not because she's some hormonal young girl out of college who's spoiled and doesn't know what she's doing. That might be part of it. I don't know. I'm not going to accuse her of that. Here's where I think she has a point, and here's why I think she feels this way. Because those of us who have a biblical worldview... Now, some of us have jobs, by the way, that we love. We love dearly, and it doesn't feel like work to us, right? Like here, I don't feel like this is work. I'm doing something I'm passionate yeah, about. It's great. Uh, hosting radio shows on the weekend, I, I don't view that as work. I get paid to do mm-hmm. something that I like to do. Mm-hmm. That the, the hours fly You'll by. You'll never work a day You'll, if you That's find not true. You, you, should, you should work yeah. because work is important. Yeah. Um, but for this young lady... It's all about what is your what who are you working for? What are you working for? Like for for the Christian when we read the scriptures, we understand that your boss is not actually your boss. Mm-hmm. Right? Your boss is God. In everything that you do, do it unto the glory of God. You are to do every you are to pour your heart and soul into glorifying God. That means everything you do, mind, body, soul, spirit, all of it. All of your strength to the glory of God. And so when we work, we work to that end. And when you work to that end, your life and your work life specifically have a deeper meaning. I, I don't think she has that deeper desire. Yeah. Her, her job is just that. It's a job. It's to pay the rent. It's to, it's to make a living, well, and that's the basic, it, and there's nothing deeper. Well, and, and, and I'll, I'll say I agree with you. I think there is something to meaning and purpose. You know, the three big questions, why am I, you know, who am I, why am I here, what, what am I supposed to do with that? I, I get that. I would encourage this young lady to view the truth project. Yeah, big deal. But, but I will also <laughs> say, that there's this thing called the Puritan work ethic. Mm-hmm. And when... It sounds Christo-fascist. It is. Go ahead. Um, well, I don't know about fascist, but uh, when a group of people, there's the fascist part, got together and formed a society, mm-hmm. they relied on scripture. You talking about the pilgrims? Yeah. Uh, 
they relied on scripture to help everyone in the colony, the society, to understand how life was going to work. And they relied on 2 Thessalonians 3.10. For even when, I'm quoting, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. If you don't work, you don't eat. Now, I'm in my 30s, so for some of you out there, I'm as old as old. And for some of you out there, I'm a spry young lad. I I get it. I'm in between. I do remember learning something about consequences. I mean, literally, my parents were those that taught, hey, you you don't do this. We'll let you not do it, but you're going to deal with the consequences. So when I was a teenager and didn't work, guess what? There wasn't gas in my car. When I was a child and didn't do my chores, didn't get an allowance, didn't, they still fed me. I mean, I mean, look at me. Um, they, they took care of me, but they helped me learn consequences. For this young lady, God bless her, but she's living in an apartment in, <laughs> in New York, probably. downtown New York City. I would imagine that's where she is. I don't know that. I mean, she talks about the city and the bus rides, and that ain't cheap. No, living in the city is not that cheap. That ain't she's cheap. Making, she's probably making good money. She's probably making decent money. If she but quits that job, that, if she quits that job, she can't make rent. Right. She can't eat the microwave meal. Right. She won't have lights. Can't go to Trader Joe's. She, I mean, no organic soybean. Can't stop at Starbucks. Lattes. Right. Yeah. No, it's all gone. Yeah. So even with, Justin, and I hear you, even with a purpose, uh, you know, identity and purpose, there still has to be a consequence of if you don't work, if you don't muster the effort, if you don't do what you are supposed to do, well, then you don't eat. I'm not going to dive deeper into that. I feel like we could. <laughs> I could dive deeper into that dealing with gender norms and gender roles. That it's quite possible that some people weren't meant to do. I, I could get into that, but I won't in fear of upsetting a lot of people. But we could go into that too. I I, I, I think that could be part of it. But I'll we'll, argue this: if you make your bed, you got to lay in it. And by the way, every morning when you wake up, the first thing you should do is make your bed because you start your day with an accomplishment. All right, Navy Admiral. It's true though. Captain. You have a sense of accomplishment from the very beginning. You've accomplished one thing. Now we'll, uh, we'll get into. Maybe we should do a whole episode on making your bed. Episode. I said episode on making your yeah. bed because I want to know what it means to make your bed. So. Last thing today, this wasn't in the rundown. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Calling Charles Minor. A California school district, Lafayette School District 8, I guess, sent out this notice via email. Not all families celebrate Halloween. Halloween is a very popular holiday in the United States, but about one-third of the U.S. population does not celebrate it. Respecting the decision of families and, and children at BVE, uh, the school district, I guess, to not celebrate Halloween and being aware of their decisions are essential for everyone to feel like they belong. So, sorry, we don't celebrate Halloween in this school district. Now, I know some of you who are watching this go, good, that is a good Christian stance. 
we can have a deeper conversation about All Hallows' Eve sure. and All Saints' yeah. Day, mm-hmm. its originations in the 8th century, that actually it appears to have a very deep uh, uh, Christian base over here that was moved on the calendar by a pope, and we had the whole mess. <laughs> the best part about this is earlier this month, the school district sent this out. Welcome to LGBT History Month. LGBT History Month is an annual month-long observance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender history and the history of the gay rights and the related civil rights movements. Each day in October, a new LGBT icon is featured with a video, bio, bibliography, downloadable images, and other resources. LGBT History Month sends an important message to our nation's teachers, school boards, community leaders, and youth about the vital importance of recognizing and exploring the role of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people in American history. So we're not going to celebrate Halloween with its pumpkins and its ghosts and its fall time and harvest, but we are going to celebrate weird sex stuff. Wait a second. Because not everybody... Not everyone celebrates Halloween. Everyone celebrates Pride Month. Everyone celebrates weird sex stuff. That's what the school district is saying. Email at justinatpalmodafamily.org That's what it is. That's what it is. I I I, I, get, what? I get it. I get what it. is going on? Well, we don't celebrate Halloween. Like for once, the 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 wild secularists are actually in line with some Christians on the whole Halloween thing. <laughs> but then they go pivot ninety degrees and they go to. But we are going to celebrate this stuff because because your five year old needs to know about Harvey Milk. Tangents. There are tangents everywhere. Yeah, sine, cosine, and tangent. It here's the problem. We go, we go back to the very beginning, and I always like to put a little bow on our shows if we can. You have somebody holding a high office two heartbeats away from the president, well, a heartbeat and a half, from the presidency of the United States. There's a reason why a Democrat congressman just jumped into the race in the primary, simply because he said Biden is too old. A uh, Democratic congressman from Minnesota. Oh. Or Min- Minnesota? Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota. One of the smallest districts in the Congress. Anyway. Mike Johnson says, we need a biblical worldview. Mike Johnson says, America was founded on this biblical worldview. These principles are weaved into our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence. And it is incumbent upon us as Americans to rise to this time and this moment in in our history Mm -hmm. and lead. Meanwhile, Meanwhile. school districts are saying, you know, because when you were in school, did you ever do the color by numbers? It was like like each... Not the number corresponded with a color, yeah. but within that you had to do math to figure out the number, yeah, yeah, and then you would color yeah. it in. And usually it was like a witch, right? You didn't know what it was going to be. It, it ended up being like a witch yeah. or, 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 or a jack o' lantern, or yeah, or a yeah. pumpkin, or uh, a scarecrow, right? Oh, Something yeah, like that. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to explain to you how Harvey Milk is an icon, rainbows and unicorns, and, and we're going to explain to you that drag is good. Anyway, um, that's all the time we have today. Speaking of things that are good, (laughs) I believe protecting children from what did you call it? Um, Weird sex stuff? Yeah. I believe in protecting children from that. Yes. (laughs) That there thing. Um, And so I'm laughing, but it's true. That's why we've partnered with Chloe Cole. Good segue. Yeah. We've partnered with Chloe Cole to bring her to the Palmetto State, November 6th, next Monday. 
next Monday, if you're listening to this on the day it's recorded, next Monday, 7 p.m., First Baptist North Spartanburg, Chloe Cole, help not harm, stop the insanity, protecting children from the mutilation, dangers uh, of genital mutilation. dangers of genital mutilation, and the harms of the transgender movement. Be with us, First Baptist North Spartanburg. You can get our website, palmettofamily.org, to get your, what? how much do they cost again? They're free. F-R-E-E, that spells free tickets to see Chloe Cole. I have Cole. the rest of the jingle in my yeah, head. <laughs> almost, I almost messed up there and said it. You should join us, though. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be great. We're going to be there all day. All day but long. You only have to be there at 7 o'clock or 6 if you if want you to want be a part VIP of it. VIP tickets. Yeah. yeah. You can go to our website. You can uh, get those tickets today. Get them while they're still there. They're going fast. And if you would like to sponsor this show, if you would like to, you're a business owner, and you're like, hey, those guys are on the right track. Maybe, maybe you said that. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. <laughs> If you want to do that, you can reach out to us. Email at palmettofamily.org. Be happy to sit down and talk with you. you. And uh, good, you know, I think good conservative Christians, whether in the business world or in the political world or wherever, education world, need to uh, stand together, stand boldly for for truth in this day. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We'll be back tomorrow for a special All Hallows Eve edition of the (laughs) Palmetto Family Matters show. I'm sure we'll talk about what costumes are appropriate and which ones are not and which ones are cultural appropriation. If you're basically, basically, you need to just wear a costume that matches your current socioeconomic and gender and, and, and racial status. For our entire team, including our new cameraman, Kevin Cayello, Mitch Prosser, Justin Hall, thank you so much for watching and listening to the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. The Palmetto Family Matter Show? That's correct. Yes!